Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake fails at a Nuzlocke. Chuck gets swamped at work, and we try to find a counter to Mew. How's it going? Welcome back. Uh, hey, Jake, how's it going? <laughs> it is going well. Um, it's been a long week, a cold week, um, but it's been good. Um, like I said in the intro there, uh, this weekend I was playing a Nuzlocke or attempting a Nuzlocke on Brilliant Diamond now that I beat the game. Uh, got to the third gym and then it went horribly wrong. And the three Pokemon I had really um, uh, charged up and in, in kind of my mains all fell to the gym leader. Uh, so that was very disheartening. It was the first attempt I ever had at a Nuzlocke and I felt like I had wasted five hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, Nuzlocke can probably make you feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I was doing it because I wanted to hang out upstairs with the with the family. You know, it's cold. We're staying in the house, not really doing much right now. Um, and when I'm playing PTCGO, I'm down at my basement and not really hanging out with the fam. So figured I kind of get to play that while while we're doing stuff in the living room, talking and just hanging out. Um but no, it was it was it was a fun experience. I maybe I'll try again um, when I have a little bit more uh, knowledge of the game. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I, before we go on to your week, I do want to say happy birthday to my son Brody. Um, it's not his birthday today or the day of the recording. It's kind of that in between day. His uh, birthday is on the uh, on the seventh there, and I just want to say happy birthday. I love you and. Um, you were growing so fast, so uh, can you please stop? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Brody. Yeah, definitely. But uh, how yeah. has your week been, my friend? Uh, it has been crazy. Just uh, swamped at work, like you said. I'm super busy playing some TCGO when I get some time. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. Um, I'm just excited to be back here today and actually talk some Pokemon because it'll pretty much be the most pokemon i've done in the last seven days so well i mean that's what we're here for um to have fun talk pokemon and potentially uh unlock some possibilities here in the meta yeah but before all that we have our normal um stuff going on um do you want which which way do you want to start uh this episode here um well do you have trivia i do have a, a card of the day as far as trivia is a card of the day as far as guess that pokemon's attack all right you start with that okay so i don't have anything this week you don't have anything this week shame on you no i understand it's uh definitely a long week uh with work especially holiday season so i i missed that part of my job this week (laughs) this all good Okay, I got one for you this week. Um, this one is standard legal, like all of them have been so far. Um, but this is uh, name that Pokemon uh, this attack goes to, um, just like all the rest. Um, and that attack name is Psy Laser. Oh, oh, that's um... it's right there. It's so easy, but is it is it that easy that you just can? Is that not that is Cresselia's attack? Is it not? the two energy attack she does 120 damage let me double check that but there if if it is it is uh it is a duplicate not the one you that were going not for what i was going for 
Uh, I could be wrong, man. So, well, well, I'm just going to say you got it wrong. Um, and then while we're talking about it, um, I'll look it up and maybe give you some more uh, bonus points. But uh, it is Galarian Articuno. No, it, that's definitely not it then. <laughs> so yeah, Galarian yeah, Articuno, yeah. Psy Laser for two Psychic and a Colorless. Um, discard all your Psychic Energies from this Pokemon. This attack does 120 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Um, don't apply weakness or resistance for benched Pokemon. So that's uh, another one of those psychic Pokemon um, that can either charge up your bench, which is the amount of, of psychics on the bench, or you can do that final snipe. Um, so pretty versatile attacker. And I thought, you know, there was a lot of psychic Pokemon out there that it could potentially be there. And that's kind of why I picked it because it was, it was so easy, but so hard. Yeah. I mean, that was a good one. Um, the side probably threw me off to use that a lot when it mm -hmm. coming to um, Pokemon psychic Pokemon attacks. So that's why I thought it was um, Cresselia there for a second. Yep. No, it is not. Uh, <laughs> that is Photom um, laser, which is Cresselia's attack. All right. So that was a failed trivia by me, but now it's time for some random card madness. Let's do it. So, um, time to dial up a new random number, which we're sticking with Fusion Strike a little bit. All right, and we get 262. Um, that is uh, the full art section of Schoolgirl. Draw two <laughs> cards. If your opponent ex has exactly two, four, or six cards. No, two, four, or six prize cards remaining. Draw two more cards. So it depends on the format. Standard format, no, that's bulk. Um, it, it goes into your binder because it is a full art, uh, but not playable. Um, <laughs> for pre-releases, uh, it actually was, and I actually used Schoolgirl because it, you said two, four, or six. Uh, obviously, you have no six in a pre-release, um, but you do start with you know four, so it's two or four. Um, and it's pretty easy to get that off um, early game to mid game um, to draw extra cards in a pre-release um, setting. So um, it's standard legal. Yeah, it's 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 pretty garbage, but it, it did well for me in the pre-release. Yeah. Um, so uh, these are neat, cool cards for fun uh, side formats. Maybe maybe niche use in a gym leader challenge because you can only want, do one ofs. Mm -hmm. um, but having your draw depend on a board state to draw two more cards when you could basically split the middle and just hop for another card. Yeah. And guarantee it every time. And not only is it depending on board state, it's depending on your opponent's board state. So that's even harder to control. Yeah. So if it wasn't, if this was not the full art, it would be bulk. <laughs> yeah, this is a full sure. art you put in your binder and you show off later because full arts are good. Are good. Yeah. How about we do another one to try to, you know, you find a good card there. All right, let's let's go again. Let me let me uh, re up the number generator here. One thirty eight, one thirty eight. Onyx and Steelix. Onyx. This is a basic fighting Pokemon, one hundred and ten HP, with hmm. the double colorless attack of guard press 30 during your opponent's next turn it takes 30 less damage from attacks and then brock throw for 90 damage 
Uh, it's two fighting and a colorless for, and that's it, 90 damage. But you can evolve this bad boy into uh, Steelix, mm -hmm. which is a stage one, obviously, 190 HP. Um, it has the attack Powerful Rage for two colorless. 20 damage times, which is this attack does 20 damage for each damage counter on this Pokemon. So 20x. So you get, uh, like I said, 190 HP. That is a potential to 380 damage. If I'm 19 times two, I believe. And then it has also a uh, earthquake attack, two fighting, one colorless, 180 damage. This attack also does 30 damage to each of your benched Pokemon. I've seen that on Fampy before. Yeah. Or... It, yeah. 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 Not Fampy. It was uh, Fampy's evolved form. Um, yes. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't particularly like this. Maybe powerful rage. Uh, maybe with a big charm or something to that effect, and potentially see some use. But it definitely um, just the energy acceleration with uh, fighting types. Uh, I'm not really digging um, Steelix. I don't really see a use for it again in standard format. So. Um, I'll give Steelix a little bit of love here because I think Powerful Rage is a cool attack. Mm -hmm. It's very Spirit Tomb-esque. Um, the problem with Steelix is um, the multiplier is lower and then it is a stage one and to do meaningful damage you have to do meaningful damage to yourself which is, uh, it's a lot harder to do meaningful damage to yourself in that grade of numbers. And this is most likely going to get one shot by most things in the meta, unless you're playing some sort of single prize format, like maybe Gym Leader Challenge, because most things don't hit 190. So you can tank a hit and then dish out a whole bunch, mm -hmm. but then you're going to lose it the next turn. So repeatability is questionable. Yeah, I mean, again, and the, the energy cost to both of these attacks for being a stage one, um, uh, I'm not seeing it, but again, in the singleton singleton formats, potentially, but in standard, uh, that's straight bulk to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right, so we've got our random card madness finished. Um, with right. that, Turtwig, I choose you. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan otherwise known as RY for Gaming, I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week, there were only 12 tournaments to cover in total. A light week to say the least, but nonetheless, let's hop into the decks that made the most top 8s this week. Starting off, we have Suicune variants with 6 total top 8s. Next, Jolteon bringing home 6 top 8s, Rapid Strike Urshifu, 7 top 8s, Zacian with 7 top 8s, Umbreon with 12 top 8s, and crazily enough, Mew Genesect with a whopping 33 top 8 finishes. This meta is being defined. And that's it for our decks that made the most top 8s this week. Let us know on Twitter at PitPokeyPod and at RY4Gaming what your least favorite Pokemon is. Now, on to the ever-shifting meta. Starting off, we have some notable changes, being Mew Genesect having a 55.24% win percentage this week for the meta, whilst also being 15% of the meta. 
That is crazy. Urshifu Inteleon being up in play by 4% this week and having an up of 4% in win percentage this week. So staying strong. Rapid Strike Urshifu sniping hard and kind of telling you that maybe it can still survive. We saw a large decrease in Ice Rider Inteleon play by about 6% in the win percentage, but it was staying about the same play percentage. So Ice Rider Inteleon's on a little bit of a downturn. Gengar is the last notable change, seeing about a 9% increase in win percentage with only a slight increase in play. So Gengar coming in hard this week. And I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes Inc. Comics by shouting out the winter, winter of our Thursday locals. This week, yours truly won with a single prize Bolton deck. And this deck is super fun, and I would always suggest playing it. And I think Azul is streaming as I'm recording this, so go watch it. Uh, now it's time for the wins of the week. This week, we had Zacian, Umbreon, Zeraora, Ice Rider, Gengar, Jolteon, and Eternatus all win a single tournament. And last, we have Mew Genesect winning a whopping five tournaments, absolutely defining this meta. Now, Turtwig worked really hard on getting all of this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming what your thoughts on this week's report are. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. Be sure to join in the roundtable discussions on the Discord every Wednesday at 5 p.m. EST for the most thought-provoking discussions and the best debates. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. All right, great meta report there. Uh, let's let's keep it rolling in the cast. We have uh, a bunch of actual good news to talk about. Yes, we do. Um, which one do you? I I am excited about Entei, so we're just jumping straight into Entei. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about Entei Raikou. I'm excited about both of them. So let's just go. You go yep. ahead and start. So with Entei V, uh, Fire Pokemon, uh, 230 HP. He is a basic Pokemon, and he has an ability and an attack. Um, so his ability is fleet-footed. Uh, you might have heard that uh, ability before. Um, once during your turn, if this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may draw a card. Um, so very much like Suicune, um, able to draw cards is always a good thing. And then he has a, an, an attack for a Fire and Coas. We've got Burning Rondo, 20 plus damage. This attack does 20 more damage for each Pokemon or for each bench Pokemon in play, both yours and your opponent. So this is basically uh, Suicune for fire. Mm -hmm. the, we... only big, the only big difference to note is that uh, Entei has 230 HP mm -hmm. and a three-cost retreat. Yep, so the three-cost retreat is a little worrisome or troublesome compared to, you know, the, the Suicune uh, being able to air balloon uh, back and forth and do what he wants to do to draw those cards. Um, but the, the burning Rondo to get that attack off um, is going to be pretty easy. Um, just as consistent as Suicune, I think, to get him um, up and running in one turn from putting him down on the bench and having meaningful damage, uh, 
you know, potentially out there, um, get him to attack um, with some of this fire love that we've already kind of talked to talked about, which the stadium, I forget the name. I know you said pregame. It's it's Magma Basin. Yeah, the Magma Basin being able to um, accelerate an energy and taking 20 damage. But with that extra HP, um, that shouldn't be an issue um, getting him up and running. And especially if you take knockout, if you take that HP, that's still um, 110 or 210 HP remaining. So still pretty chunky um, and well within, you know, being able to take a hit from um, depending on the Pokemon, um, you know, to to get going so i'm pretty excited about entame yeah and i mean that fire type is not prevalent a lot but we have some metal types out there and some grass types that would uh, maybe be feared of entei a little bit yeah, now sure. now they're also um all these cards i believe were in the start more spoils from the start deck 100s that they are releasing yes but they also have released or previewed Raikou V, which is a basically a carbon copy. He has the ability fleet footed uh, to draw a card while in the active spot mm-hmm. and then does a lightning and colorless attack called Lightning Rondo, which is 20 plus 20 more for each bench Pokemon, both yours and your opponents. So he's a lightning type Suicune or Entei or whoever you want to say takes the cake on this one now. Yep. The big difference on Raikou is that he only has 200 HP, Mm -hmm. but he has one cost retreat. So he's the easiest to retreat of the three. Yep. But Uh, so he is, he is, he is um, the easiest to retreat. He does have the lowest hit points. And I, I, out of the three, I still don't like him as much um, because there's no, natural lightning acceleration if you're going second like in the first your first turn um both entei and suicune can potentially um do their acceleration and hit um raikou cannot unless you're throwing like a melody package in there or something to affect um because his acceleration goes by flaffy's probably at least at least as we're speaking now um, and that takes a turn to set up. So he doesn't have that first turn potential to take a, che- a cheeky KO to put your opponent in a, in a bad spot. Um, also, if you don't find your, your accelerations in the flaffies, um, it just, it's just more steps that you do need to take that mid game to late game to get him up and running. Of course, you know, the, the damage output is just as, you know, as equal to both those other legendaries, but, uh, um, not as big a fan of Raikou, like I said. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you on that. Lightning is probably the easy, the hardest to accelerate to, mm-hmm. uh, two in one turn without pulling out a cheeky bead play, which no one's doing that. No so. one's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Some, I got to use my rainbow somehow, Jake. No. Yeah, I mean, I have two, but I'm still never <laughs> taking them. So that that kind of goes with the whole schoolgirl uh, uh, on the random card madness. Um, yeah, pretty card exactly. is rainbow, is full art but never going to play it. <laughs> we, we tried. We tried. Uh, it never really worked. Yeah. The, the thing I like about the three of these, though, um, is I don't, I don't know any kind of consistency on these, but I think you could put all, like, all three of these legendary beasts in one deck and just play what the matchup deems best. Um, yeah. You can basically turn a Suicune Ludicolo deck into a Legendary Beast deck 
and swap out some energies here and there, keep the Ludicolo in there to top out, and then top out a second side attacker, and then you have maybe a weakness attacker. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe it's you worth get a weakness though because it's only three types. But. I mean, it's it's worth you know exploring if it doesn't work. I mean, the worst the worst you can do is explore and it doesn't work. But uh, if it does, then uh, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, so one there, of us one, yeah. one of us has to be a genius at one point in time. Oh yeah. Um, but before we go on to the main topics of today, there was one more card that I think is worth talking about, and it's in that same article which is a trainer uh, team yell cheer um, shuffle up to three of any combination of pokemon and supporter cards um, except for team yell cheer um, from your discard pile into your deck um, this is a supporter so that would be your only supporter for turn um, but this card has expanded or not expanded i'm sorry um, control written all over it Yep. This is this is one of those cards that's kind of scary. Um, I don't see anything, to, at least off the top of my head, that can kind of loop with this, but I can see something very easily um, being able to loop with this and get this turn off, uh, turn after turn and making it hard on your opponent. Yep, um, just being able to put back things that you need is, is one of the things that control kind of needs in its archetype is basically recovery cards to repeat those effects that you need. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's definitely something that's right down their alley. Uh, I'm, I'm not the big brain on building control depths decks, but um, I can totally see a card that says control on it though. Mm -hmm. When, when, when they release these like that. Yeah. Towards probably licking his lips going, let's go. Uh, since he's like the big control guy. Yeah. I mean, any control player is going, okay, that's something I can definitely <laughs> use because they're really short on tools right now. Oh, for so sure. So they're, they're probably looking, uh, chopping at the bit to get some new tools. For sure. All right. Uh, that does it for the news. Um, let's say we start off our main topics with a our power rankings of our top fives. Yeah. What I, I wanted to do, like, this is something I kind of wanted to bring up. I wanted to kind of go into and revisit this every now and then kind of like a power rankings would do like during a, a football season or whatnot. Yeah. And just like kind of into the fusion strike meta, what is our top five in the power rankings at the moment? Yeah. Um, and this, this is kind of, we are going off numbers, but we're also going off of personal preference a little bit here too. Mm -hmm. um, so our lists are not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put a little bit uh, stat heavy in like looking at stats to try and make my list a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Jake, I know you looked at some stuff, but went a little bit more off the gut too. So uh, do you want me to go first? You want go to go for through it. all five? I'll we can kind of, let's just go down the list together and we'll each kind of go through one through. Okay. Uh, and do you want to start? We'll just start at the top. Uh, we'll start at the well, bottom. I think that's where we're most controversial. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's start at the bottom. My number five in the power rankings I'm putting is uh, Leafeon Inteleon. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was I just made a gut choice on Leafeon. Actually, looking at like uh, Trainer Hill stats and uh, some Limitless stats, uh, Zashian the and Zamazenta the uh, Metal Dogs were very close to, and I felt like they're kind of like a five B. Um, mm -hmm. I just went with Leafeon. I like the deck type. I think it matches well 
currently just doesn't really like Mew because of the no retreat cost. But against the rest of the field, I think Leafion does really well. Uh, I, I mean, I can't really argue any of those facts. Uh, Leafion is super consistent, uh, one of the most consistent decks out there um, to get going. And depending on the matchup, uh, even just that stadium um, as a stall tactic is, is also something that, that that deck has going more than any other deck. Um, yeah. But mine, this is definitely more out of left field, um, just based off of this current meta that we are in. And I'm actually going to go with Shadow Rider Calyrax, kind of off of what we talked about when you went over to the to to Ohio, going to the, um, the full what's grip one game, full grip one game, um, and the the addition of Adventurer's Discovery, um, plus just Underworld Door um, with you know some of those baby prizes that go into this deck. Um, Again, this is just playing it on the ladder. I uh, haven't been able to test it in any like real stressful situations um, lately, but the deck still runs really, really smooth. It doesn't have a lot that really hurts it uh, as far as like disruption. You, you definitely have Path of the Peak, but Path of the Peak, aside from a couple very specific decks, you don't really see it out there. Um, and it's, it's just more consistent than most of these dark decks. So it still can, it can still hang just like Mew can because of consistency over these other dark decks. Yeah. I mean, Shadow Rider is pretty, pretty good. It, it, if we would expand it to 10, it might've made my list, but I just didn't see the performance. Oh no. The performance um, on Limitless, it's at 20. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not saying by the numbers it's, it's a top five, but in my personal top five, it is there. Yep. Um, but moving on at four, um, now this is really close. Two, three, and four are kind of really close for me. Um, but at four, I have uh, Jolteon and Teleon. Um, revisiting this, like it might even jump higher next next time we revisit. But it's just a really good and consistent, like um, good at taking out support Pokemon kind of mucking up your plans and consistently putting damage into your uh, active attacker and then uh, the ability for it to Cheryl and just kind of like tank mm -hmm. as well. Uh, I find the deck starting to be really, really coming on and taking a place in the meta and, and stick it on top. Yeah. I, I can't fault you for that. Uh, another good choice. Although I have Suicune Lodicolo at four. Um, it, it, and where I, I just think the, with Jolteon being able to spread the damage, um, you know, to multiple Pokemon and set up KO, multiple KOs, um, through a turn is, is maybe just a little bit more, um, tried and true, at least at this point, although Suicune Lodicolo is still a very consistent deck. It can still take those one shots, um, depending on how the board state's set up. Um, and then also with the Cape Toughness, there, you don't see a lot of Tool Scrapper or anything like that stopping him. Um, so he's able to tank a hit usually, and he has the ability to take those mid-level guys out and, and also um, on specific turns be able to take the one-shot KOs. So um, Suicune Lodicolo is at four for me. All right. Well, I won't talk much there because it might show up a little bit later on my list. But looking at three... Um, right now, I have the single strike box, which is basically the Umbreon and the single strike Urshifu build. 
Um, I like this. Uh, I the this is probably the least consistent of the decks up here, but its matchup spread currently is really good, and it does the right amount of damage to take everything else out. Um, uh, Umbreon is just a beast uh, when it comes to being able to gust and 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 actually being a good side attacker for Urshifu. Um, it does. I mean, he's a really good side piece in that deck. Really, he's almost he's number one. Almost to the like, point where he's basically the main piece. Yeah. And single strike just kind of has to clean up. Yeah. And, and not lose him the game. So that's that's my three. Right yep. Um, and a lot like you, I have Jolteon at three. So yeah, I have him up one slot higher than you do. Um, still a really good deck, like we said, spread, uh, consistency, um, and, and just putting the pressure on your opponent. So yeah, Jolteon is my third. And we went over Suicune already. He's my number two. I put him up here. Um, the main reason why is he's super consistent and he does the one thing that none of the other decks do and make you take three KOs pretty much. Mm -hmm. You have to. Uh, take three KOs on him. Um, so that in and of itself can muck up a lot of uh, potential plans for um, some decks. Uh, some decks look into it, like go into a match just thinking I'm going to take two KOs. So, yeah. Um, and then my number two, I have Umbreon Urshifu. Um, and I want to preface that single strike box Um I still think it is a must that you have that Urshifu in there. I think it's a mistake if you have Gengar in there for the very reason is Jolteon VMAX is a deck. And if you put Gengar in there, you're taking away your matchup spread. Um, you're already hitting uh, Psychic for weakness. So Gengar's not really doing anything for you in that manner. Um, and then if you run into Jolteon, now you don't have an answer for him. Urshifu is still good against... Um, those electric decks, if Bolt never becomes a thing, um, he can he can take him down as well. Um, so just for um, matchup spread, I still think it's better with with Urshifu over the Gengar. Um, I just don't see a reason to play Gengar in, in single strike box. Yeah. All right, and then number one, I don't think it's going to be a surprise a for anybody. Surprise drum roll. <laughs> we all know it's Mew Genesis. It's Mew. It's, Mew, it's, it's yeah. like a tier of its own at the moment. And um, just all it, by itself. Yeah. It, it draws like crazy without a, a draw supporter. It, it, it hits consistently um, with that two, the 210. Plus, uh, a lot of lists play like the the Vitality Band, uh, the boost that to be able to take Zacians out. You know, plus you got your your candies um, to boost that Electro Powers, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then for the free retreat is is super prevalent in there. So all you need is a retreat switch to you know use Genesex attack and then switch back out. Um, plus you have a lot of one prize. Uh, again, these are just coming down to fine details of the sixty, but. You have you have your oracorios to potentially take damage away, so it's harder for your opponent to one shot you. Um, you have the Latios uh, that takes uh, kind of a wall versus those V maxes, 
Um, and then you also have the, I forget the name of it, if you can help me, the one that does extra damage um, for each rapid strike. The Meliota? The Meliota, yeah. So you have, you have a lot of different flavors that you can put into this deck um, that make it uh, kind of roll and stay consistent. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing about this is it's, we, you've went over a lot of the moving parts in, in there, and Genesect's draw is just ridiculous. Yes. Um, the ability to turn through your deck is very forgiving. Um, you just basically need to get Mew online and uh, punch. Yeah. Punch. So um, you have different I- options of punching, but uh, it's basically, you're basically running that Techno Blast, Techno Blast. And if you can power it up, take a knockout. Do okay. So. so I want to talk about why this deck is good. Um, Compared to other decks, and it's kind of ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, This deck plays so many bad cards. So many bad cards because of the Genesis deck ability to be able to burn through cards rapidly. And we've seen other times. Multiple times. And we've seen other decks. um, I mean, before we started the cast, we both kind of said we've seen other decks try to use a lot of these cards. And it just really... Um, takes away from their consistency because they don't have the Genesect. Um, but let's go into a couple of these cards that make um, this deck tick over any other. Um, and I guess we're going to start with VIP Battle Pass. Um, being able to draw two basics, um, but you can only use it your first turn. This card is really kind of a garbage card if you think about it because of it being limited to your first turn only. Um, and how often are you going to see that? But you see four of, of these cards, and even if you miss it, I mean, you're just burning through so many cards with other things, um, like Crammer, the, like Cramomatic, the Cramomatic, yeah. the Cram, like the Battle VIP Pass. You would not like. I've seen people try and put this in other decks. It just does not work. Mm-hmm. The only reason it works in here is because if you see it in 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 Mew, then you're happy and you go get two. Yeah. If you don't, you're also running for those chromomatics, yep. which you you like no like it's I mean you get to get I mean you get to search your deck for any card. Yep. It's going to cost you an item card. Most decks don't really want to slot eight eight cards like you don't really like want to burn your items. But Mew is like looking to be, burn those BIP battle passes to the chromomatics just to burn cards, and they really don't care if they hit the flip. If they mm-hmm. get the card they want, cool, but they want to just burn cards so they get down to one or two, and then they can draw more with yeah. Genesect, and then do it again and draw more. Yeah, uh, it is crazy. So other cards that you don't see in a lot of decks um, currently, um, you don't see the Rotom Phone, and I don't know every um, single variant of Mew uses Rotom Phone, but it is in there again. Um, to burn a card out of your hand to to be able to potentially find that top deck you need then just to um, genesect it into your hand Um, so another one of those cards is ridiculous um, that you don't normally see (laughs) Um, i mean it works with orangaroos but at the same time you have that's that's like a multiple piece thing that you're trying to do which you mm -hmm. you don't really want to do in mew Mm -hmm. but in mew you just need items like items that you can play and yep. get them out of your hand yep um others um we got we got great ball which you don't see you see in cer- certain decks 
Um, but a lot of the times just searching your top eight um, isn't very good because um, you're not really like going through your deck at a rapid pace like in the in the old Picarom days uh, with the Dene change, the Crobats, the Professors, or even before <laughs> that with the Shaman days. Um, so you don't see Great Ball in a lot of decks, but this deck, it, it definitely uses uh, Great Ball to great effect. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just going down the list. Um, it's just, I mean, most of these are starting to look like actual good playable ones. You got, you know, quick balls, you got fog crystals. Those are actually helpful to the deck. Yeah. But uh, you can burn them look, too I'm for nothing if you needed to. Yeah. I'm looking at a list. You, see, I see seven supporters, four of them being boss, like four, four bosses orders in this deck that won the last late, late night Yeah. Uh, for Zach Lesage. Four bosses orders and three Elsa sparkles. Yeah, you don't see a single Marnie or Professors or or any draw supporter. It's crazy that this deck doesn't use a single draw supporter, and yet it is more consistent than anything else that we've seen in in this Sword and Shield up uh, meta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 42 trainer cards, and you just want to burn through them as fast as possible. And another couple cards that, uh, I mean, so the power tablets, of course, um burnable cards also can be very powerful for those one shots and then another one that actually i've used a couple times just for playing around to see how it works um it's kind of funny um is pokeball is actually not bad in this because again it fits the the coin flip if you if you get it cool if you don't it's that's another card that you burn just to get closer to burning that so um, that is my kind of spicy tech um, is the Pokeball. And it's funny when that works um, and you're playing on the ladder <laughs> and it actually wins you the game or something. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it just, the deck's going off right now. It's, it's in its own place. I mean, uh, we made, we, we wanted to talk about him because he's kind of staling out the meta a little bit, like yeah. staling it out because uh, it, it is becoming a large portion of the meta. And there literally, it literally doesn't have a bad matchup. Like I, I put in Trainer Hill, um, to try and figure out what what is it like percentages, and like the the worst thing I found in the top ten decks of played decks was Umbron, Umbreon and Urshifu. Mm-hmm. It was sitting at it was sitting at a forty nine to fifty one. So Umbreon Urshifu has a fifty one winning percentage again, fifty one percent winning percentage to Muse forty nine. That's basically a 50-50 against yeah. your hardest, your against your weakness. Yeah, that's um, crazy. It, it's just that much more consistent. Like I said, I like uh, before our um, last roundtable mashup, and I know you were a little late. I was playing against a, I forget, was it a, it was a dark deck. I played against a dark deck, and then I played against um, a Duraladon. Um, not a good choice for a counter against that, but um playing against these dark decks you're just so much more consistent than them so you can just beat them on consistency alone um and being able to gust um being basically your only supporter unless you you absolutely need to energy acceleration um at a whim is pretty powerful yeah and then uh i i was like looking at this i was like it's got to have a bad matchup so i tried to think of other matchups that this this mu genesec could do like have and so I just started chucking in extra decks and uh, like the most, the first I started with Obstagoon and Teleon that has a 40, it's, it's a 60, 40. So the, uh, the prize trade works in Obstagoon's favor 
because most likely going to take three to uh, mu uh, three prizes off of a mu to the one off the obstagoon, even though um, it just depends on whether that obstagoon player can get that deck running efficiently and up and running faster than that mu player can get his deck up and running because it's super consistent and it could be knocking out obstagoon like it could be knocking out obstagoon players pokemon before it even has an obstagoon ready to go so you just got to get up and running quickly and and that deck in itself can prize trade favorably so it can uh trade like i said three prizes off the mew with the weakness attack because it hits for 160 which is enough to one hit ko it so what and jake i know you were playing a lot of obstagoon uh in teleon what is your <laughs> thoughts on on that as i went over that obstagoon in teleon is really fun deck and against Mew specifically um it has a really good matchup for the most part uh because you're hitting it for weakness so you just need to get two pings on it um to be able to one shot it and i know the um the is rapid one, the well it, it 160 though doesn't it one it, shot it, with weakness? no it does 150 plus oh, plus okay. the ping damage so you do need to get two pings um, and with fusion strike energy, that can be an issue, but that's why you kind of just play phantom waves, um, that you can guarantee that goes off to just get that ping damage when you need it. Um, maybe with an Inteleon, um, but if you can get them early, um, which is not too, too difficult to do, um, just because it is a pretty consistent two prize deck. Um, so against, against Mew by itself, uh, in that matchup, uh, specifically, it's it's really powerful. Um, it it can win more times than not. I don't know what the actual um, percentage breakdown between that matchup is, um, but it definitely it's, it's a sixty forty for in Obstagoon's favor. At the yeah, and and a lot of people you know argue that it is a uh, stage two Pokemon, so it's a little inconsistent. But you know, uh, if if anything over the last year. Um, talking about the Inteleon engine with shady dealings starting back when we were talking about Charizard getting that Charizard uh Leon Charizard going off um it's just as consistent getting those rare candies out there um and getting set up uh for getting getting your attacks off multiple turns so well um good matchup there I think the 60 40 shows the stage two mm -hmm. I think if it was anything faster than a stage two it would be higher in its favor because I found one other deck that actually like has found a chink in 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 Mew's armor, mm -hmm. um, and has it has a seventy thirty against Mew, uh, and that's Eternatus. Yeah, but when you look at the other side of the coin, uh, Eternatus does not have a above fifty against anything else in the meta at the moment. Yeah, so that is just like I'm going to beat Mew, and then lose to everything else. Yeah, so, I felt bad because uh. Um jw uh from from um tag team uh he he put out a eternity saying you always beat you with this deck and about i'm like yeah but what else do you beat um it, it just Literally, struggles with anything really because again everything, everything else on the list is is sub 50 from eternity except for dragapult which is mm -hmm. basically leaving the meta at the moment um sadly Sadly, but I mean, <laughs> I only bring that up because that's the only matchup I found that is like 
incredibly favored against Mew. Yeah. Um, but then you're you're talking about literally like bargaining your chances against every other deck in the meta. Yeah, I mean, even though Mew is seemingly like 50% of the meta, um, I still don't think Eternatus is the play because I don't think you're going to dodge that many um, Mews. I, I, and even if you make it to the top cut, you're you're there just to lose, like guaranteed almost. But it's... You're playing a real big crapshoot on that one. Yeah. Because like you said, uh, Mew is a lot, a large portion of the meta and... If you see a lot of them, you could do well, but the moment you don't, like it could all just start rolling downhill. Yeah. So, all right. So, other decks that have seen a lot of play, and we've kind of alluded to some of these. Um, and it, it feels, uh, again, like it's a 50 50 matchup, but the single strike box, it, it has the type advantage. It can easily take KOs without even having to. Um, evolve into your VMAX with the with the um, the Umbreon, uh, just being able to have damage on there. Um, so even if you're playing against the stall version of the Mew, um, it's not going to be too diff- too difficult to do that. Um, and all the other matchup spread for single striker Shifu is pretty good. I mean, at worst you're 50-50 against um, most of the top meta decks, um, if not even with like Jolteon having a, a matchup advantage in that as well. Yeah, I mean, this, he, he's arguably the best chance at a counter for Mew, but it's still a 50 50 in, mm-hmm. in that matchup. Now, I do want to mention with this, a lot of the decks I've seen have gone a little bit heavier on the Umbreon Vs. Um, so I, in the past, I've seen like a three, two, three, two, but I've seen it kind of go from a, uh, making it like a four, two, um, and then like a two, two of the, um, of the, uh, Urshifus just to have more dark options, um, for most of these, uh, psychic matchups that you will be seeing. Yeah. I mean, psychic is super prevalent, so it's better to lean into that dark attacker at the moment. Oh yeah. So do we want to move on to the, the other part of we want to talk about single prizes being a good? Yeah, but before we do, um, I, I do want to talk about Suicune Lodicolo because I think that that also has a really good matchup um, against or at least a 50-50 matchup um, against Mew and then also um, can take on a lot of these meta decks uh, for reasons that we said. So I very much encourage playing Suicune Ludicolo um, just because it's so hard to take that knockout on a two-prizer um, with the cape and, and it just being able to be so versatile um, in many different situations. Yeah. I mean, um, Suicune is, is doing something with the two-prizers is making him take three knockouts. So yeah. um, even if you can do it in one shot, you'd have to do it three times. But usually, that's the thing with Suicune is you usually have to two shot it with the tape, the capes. Yeah, um, and like Mew would have to if if you got set up, Mew would have to use your power tablets, um, and you wouldn't be able to do that three times. So you're at least having to two shot uh, one to two of them in a game. It, yeah, it takes two tabs. Yeah, that one shot, uh, the Ludicolo, which is a lot of resources mm-hmm. for a two prizer. 
Yeah, and if you prized one, um, you're taking, you know, a two shot on two separate two prize Pokemon, which is pretty solid. All right, so yeah, let's get into single prizers. Yeah, so single prize. I mean, uh, you wanted to talk single prizers probably because, like, like we've been alluding to, there's a lot of V maxes in the meta. So mm-hmm. single prizers have a unique opportunity at the moment to have a lot of favorable prize trades if we can have consistency in the single prize deck without having to rely on multiple prize Pokemon to keep them moving. Yeah. So there are so you- three main ones that I've seen pop up more consistently on ladder um, and all are pretty consistent decks um, they're all again all of these are weak to spread um, and, and there are a few spread you don't really see you're seeing some urshifu uh, rapid strike urshifu um, but even that you can still contend contend against these decks um, but let's start off with the baby Boltund. We've seen this actually take home a tournament somewhat recently. And then our local, um, Ryan, actually brought it to locals last week and, and that went, ended up going 4-0 um, against all the... I, they were, there was a lot of Suicune out there, not a lot of spread. So if you're finding that you're, you think that spread won't be a big you know, presence in your local meta, um, Boltund is actually a pretty decent uh, baby bolt on is actually a pretty decent play yeah um did get favorable matchups with the sweet coon players but like you said if you read the meta right and you're not seeing a lot of spread attackers mm-hmm. in in rapid strike urshifu or um maybe even jolteon to a degree um you could have a bunch of uh, take a bunch bunch of favorable matchups to the bank like that yeah and so if for anybody that's not familiar with this deck, um, basically you got your Yamper out there to take his ability to get um, balls back from your discard pile um, on top of putting, was it Spike? Not Spike Myth. Um, what, what stadium is that? That's the old cemetery. The old cemetery to damage yourself because then that brings Bolton's attack uh, to one lightning energy instead of two and a colorless. Attaching. Yeah, that you're attaching um so so one attached to do 130 damage on a stage one that you can repeat that pretty quickly and and repeatedly um especially getting your um uh your yampers out there uh ball recovery in in this deck is pretty solid yeah i mean uh i didn't get the pleasure of playing it i just watched him play it um you you burn through I mean, it only gets great balls and pokeballs, but when, like, I remember him saying, I played five pokeballs this turn, like, for this game. Like, eventually one of those flips are going to get, and mm-hmm. you get what Pokemon you want. Like, you just you just keep churning through them and using them yampers over and over again. And then, you know, when you lose a Bolton, uh, the rescue catcher makes it really easy to get yampers back and, and keep rolling on. Yep. So, I mean, I guess the hot take out of this episode is Pokeball is good and play it in all your decks. <laughs> Pokeball is all right in a certain amount of decks. Yeah, don't like, don't like, play it. Don't just plug it in on any decks. There's We brought up two today that actually have use for it. But in general, that card is pretty hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So going on to another one prizer, and we talked about this already uh, in this cast and cast before, is the new Obstagoon. Um, 
being able to take one shots on psychic decks, being able to two shot basically everything else in the meta, um, and being pretty consistent with the Inteleon engine. Um, pretty fun out there. It does struggle against those Suicune Lodiholos or any high HP two prizers. Um, being able to have it to take two uh, two shot two prizers and you you're going to run out of resources probably in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're, you're seeing that the meta is a lot of VMAX, especially if you don't think it's going to be spread um, also a very, very good deck decision to make. Yeah. The, the obstacle is definitely pay, taking advantage of the favorable weaknesses out there at the moment in, in VMAX Pokemon and in doing a favorable price trade to, to get good, good win wins and, um, doing well with that at the moment yeah now um i got one other one that we've been i've been seeing and i've played a lot myself yeah um now i've seen you you've seen it i've seen a little bit of a little resurgence of rapid strike malamar yes sir um, so i started playing it again uh this week uh just a few times just to see if it still had the the chops and it does Mm -hmm. uh, you can still pull out some big damage um and, and you just keep chugging along with malamar and cycling cards um it has a few good pokemon out there in the urshifus that are weak to psychic so it could take favorable hits on those um yeah so it's still a decent play uh and then it can churn out attackers pretty quickly so you and consistently so you can hopefully uh, two-shot some VMAXs that you're not one-shotting. Yeah, and like you said, it, it is you if you're not playing against spread um, and, and you are seeing a little bit less, I mean, you see Jolteons out there, but like the biggest issue for this was um, that early game against um, yeah against the, Shadow the, Riders. When the less Shadow amounts Rider was of Shadow game. Rider has helped. Yeah because you do not have the instant death to in case. Yeah. Um, getting these guys out really, really consistent. Um, doing a lot of damage is pretty easy in this deck. Um, it, it definitely takes advantage of, of the, the Bruno. Um, that card is really good in this. You can also, I've seen, um, what's the new card? The, uh, the rescue trolley. Being able to take those, um, those are that's actually a pretty good card um, over um, potentially over the rods. Um, well, the 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 carrier gets you everything in your deck pretty much back except for Malamars. Yeah, so you yeah, literally you're get, getting those inks back. Yeah, you get the ink. That's why you can really just recycle the inks, and you were like, you can literally just rod later in the game for two Malamars. Mm -hmm. uh, just when you've already lost, uh, maybe like you've used two already, and then you just go back to four and you can actually attack six times. Like you have the ability to attack six times. Mm -hmm. um, not that you will ever get there. Cause you would probably lose at that point. If you, but <laughs> if you've lost six Pokemon, but um, you have the ability, it's, it's a lot easier to recur. The one thing that rotation kind of did to it was its ability to reach those three hundreds is a little bit harder without the benefit of or choreo and the spike draw um, i mean i i agree with that to an extent um but again those those trolleys could also be there to you know those extra damage boosts 
to take yeah. that um, that you didn't have available. So, I mean, you're losing a little bit um, in the oratorio, but you might be gaining or equal to that loss. Um, well, the trolley. it's relying on the Sanchino draw. And like, if you can do the cheeky rescue carrier to get two more and then cycle them back in. But yeah, um, it was a lot easier to before rotation to get, you know, you, you Bruno, you get seven cards, you ditch what wasn't rapid strike into the mm -hmm. Sanchino. And then you just go, what else can I get with Oracorio? And you have a, a whole huge hand and easily can get, 10 plus cards to one shot something for 300 or 400 damage if you wanted to so yeah um it's just that's the it, i found it harder to get to that big 300 number um that's all yeah uh, even even with the two the you know taking two shots um in most matchups that's going to be a favorable exchange for you so still a, a deck to, to um you know potentially dust off and, and and try to play it again yeah all right so that's it for the actual like the, the three main decks i wanted to talk about but there was one other one prizer i wanted to bring up and it's not an archetype on its own it kind of goes along with um another v max that we've already talked about and that is beedrill i know andrew mahone put out a video this week um, or last week okay. about Beedrill with all this special energy going on there. Um, potentially a Mew counter, potentially a Rapid Strike Urshifu, uh, Leafeon, um, what else is there? Um, I've, I've seen him use it against almost everything in the yeah. meta at the moment. Yeah. Because he's and, actually, I, I've seen him do two different decks now with Beedrill in it. And uh, I mean, it's quite potent. And then when you just start to think, when you look at it and you go, what decks run special energies because of the attack, mm -hmm. you realize a, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely a play. I haven't had experience uh, behind the wheel of the deck this, uh, this week uh, yet, uh, but I definitely see the potency. And, and after talking to our locals saying, you know, maybe it's, it's a little bit Mimi um, from what I hear, um, from multiple different people, it's a lot more consistent than one white give it um, at, at first glance um, to hit for, you know, that special weakness. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Mahone did the, did us all, showed us all that the, the mustard, single strike mustard can be used effectively and found the best thing to bring out with it, I think, because the bee drill out of nowhere like in a wrestling match mm -hmm. someone jim ross starts yelling chair he's got a chair <laughs> now he's yelling he's got a beedrill and, <laughs> and you take three prizes so in preparation to or actually seeing this video come out um, i know i made a couple small edits to mine taking away that capture energy i felt in mew was is really kind of um is is prevalent because you, you have so much pokemon search anyways i don't i feel that the capture energy is just redundant um so throwing an extra energy there's like basic energy in there um to replace that kind of supplements that so if you kind of see it coming with a with a jolteon deck you could potentially um you know just just power them up normally with regular energies and then you know kind of go from there but um 
a small meta, a small adjustment uh, to, to seeing potentially a Beedrills running rampant, but I haven't actually seen them on the ladder. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't really seen them on the ladder either. Um, I haven't really been. I haven't playing been playing Mew on the ladder either. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really seen them uh, come up uh, at all. Um, but I mean, it's definitely something to think about. And and if you get a chance to watch those videos, he makes it a very valid case for using Beedrill in a couple different meta decks that don't lose anything of their value of playing them, but you get like an instant uh, kind of one up on things like Mew or Urshifu's, um, even Suicune's or um, Sylveon's like that. Yeah. Again, it, it's matchup spreads actually pretty decent um, for a, for a Beedrill that comes out of nowhere. So, yeah. Um, well, that's the, that's the thing I'm going to say, like you, you really do have to like, don't listen to us and be like, all right, well, let me go get my uh, Kakuna and my, like, you're not going to be able to evolve Beedrill. Yeah. Cause the moment you see, like if I was playing against you and you put down a Weedle, uh, you're going for that sing, thing asap I'm, I'm like oh do i i would like think to myself do i play se- do i play special energy yeah my whole deck is all special energy all right he dies so <laughs> exactly you, you just you're not going to be able to bring him uh out via evolution you got to bring him out of left field with with the mustard and just take the ko on that turn exactly all right so yeah i mean i i'm actually interested to see some of this on the ladder um i Maybe maybe it's not as viable as he was making it seem to be because I haven't seen it really pop off since. And usually whenever Mahone does make a video, the meta changes instantly. Um, So we'll see. Um, I still think that, you know, it it is a potential viable answer to a lot of these decks. Yeah. All right. So let's go into the next category. Um, We've kind of alluded to this in previous episodes where you know ptcg l is kind of been delayed um so where do we go forward with brilliant stars coming coming out you know in the next couple months um what is your strategies um on irl and ptcgo potentially um going forward um i have i don't know if it's the right strategy at the moment um but i'm just hoarding everything Mm -hmm. At the moment, I have my 125. I've I've been honing my 125 to transfer like online packs into vivid voltages mm-hmm. uh, because I just don't want anything else out of that set. Yeah. Um. And then like so, I've been o- like opening the the random other stuff that I get and just till I get 125 vivid voltage. But everything else that I've opened in IRL, evolving skies, the fusion strike booster box, I opened when when that came out. I haven't put any of those codes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to wait for live to drop and I'm going to use those to get all the crystals or whatever currency they call it to make the cards that I need. Yeah, I think it's a really good strategy to keep Vivid Voltage as your online pack for that 125 and kind of spend what you can um, there um, back and forth. Just make sure you have that buffer of 125. Um, going on, also, I mean, I, I have been hoarding packs and cards and all that good jazz um but when the set does drop um i'm probably going to go heavy on the irl um for for this set for 
I'm really excited and pumped about the Brilliant Stars. So I definitely want to get as many code cards and physical product as possible. Um, you know, and then being able to save that for PTCGO or L, depending on what comes out, and still being able to potentially, um, you know, get a playset of something uh, when we first start up, or at least get a lot of cards to have it, opportunity to potentially have some uh, playset for as minimal cost as possible. Yeah, I mean, that's the one I really, I'm crossing my fingers that L at least drops with Brilliant Stars like the plan was for what seemed like for fusion strike mm-hmm. um because i'm not i'm not been hoarding my coins like yeah. you do in in uh usually before preset like you save them up set the set and you like spend them all and then you just save again i haven't saved them for fusion strike because i didn't save them for fusion strike so i've just been buying fusion strike as i get coins yeah uh, because that's really how i'm getting my fusion strike cards at the moment like I, I still open a pack and I still have news. So like, I, I don't have four ofs of things. I'm yeah. pretty sure I don't have four cross switchers or I don't have any of the mu. I have a Genesect, I think at a moment, at the moment, but I like, that's what I haven't put codes in to make trades. I'm not really worried about building that online at the moment because. You're not playing for have, anything. Yeah. We don't, I don't, there's nothing to play like for players cup or anything like that. So I just, I haven't decided to invest the packs because yeah. I could do it, but I don't need to invest them. I can hopefully live drops and invest less packs into yeah. them later. So hopefully live drops, but uh, I'm planning on as it's not dropping. And so I'm going to potentially max out my coins. So whenever the next set does drop, I can just, you know, spend my, um, 25,000 coins and get my 130 booster packs or whatever that is um, that are locked. And hey, if if live drops shortly after, at least I got to open those packs anyways. Um, if we're still delayed, at least it gives me a, a good fighting chance uh, to to get whatever deck um, you know that I'm going to be aiming for at the time. I do need I do need someone to hook me up with some cool expanded cards that maybe they have extra some battle compressors versus seekers. Uh, I, might, I might got, I might I might have you there. If not, I know a couple other people because I know when live it. drops, I probably will play a little bit more expanded than I do now because I just haven't wanted to invest packs into getting expanded cards. Mm-hmm. But when live comes around, if I just need to make a couple things here and there, I probably will. Yep. But that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> for sure. All right, so a couple last uh, last minute notes here. I want to add um, this being the this episode will be dropping on Wednesday the eighth. Um, so just letting you guys know on Friday the tenth, I'll actually be doing a pack battle opening um, with Megumi from the Pokemon or the Oregon Pokemon group. Um, this would be the second time we've done it, and it's actually pretty interesting how we do it. We'll do it in, in in packs of three battles, we have a point system for the rarities, and whoever loses those specific battles gets punished. From last time we did wasabi, we did uh, crunches or, or uh, squats, we did like those gross jelly beans and, and met many other things. So, if you want to see people get um, punished for not pulling well, um, it's a pretty good time, and we're going to be giving away a lot of codes as well. All the codes being opened will be auctioned off. We're not auctioned off, but raffled off. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it was, 
I was not, I did not participate, but I watched last time and it's a blast. You should definitely tune in, uh, like he said, this Friday on Megumi's channel or is it? Yes, gonna be on it's going to be on Megumi's channel. On Megumi's channel, um, just because it is hilarious and I, everyone needs to vote for squats because watching them both get oh tired God. of doing squats <laughs> is hilarious. I got beaten and bruised after that uh, last battle. Um, and you might, you may or may not see me eat a card again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. And then the one other note um, on the 29th would be our last episode of the year. And just like we did last year, we're going to plan on doing a award show um, the TCG like, for the TCG game and everything related. So we'll be doing uh, categories for like best deck, best card, um, things like that. And we'll also be doing um, best player. So um, this is also community uh, awards as well. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions for any categories and or have any um, you know, nominee uh, nominees in mind, um, please let us know on Twitter. Yeah, let us know on Twitter. And if you aren't in our Discord, join it because you might see some, uh, we might reach out and have uh, some listener voting on certain categories. Maybe we want some opinions to break a tie between the the voter pool that we have mm -hmm. on categories. So, uh, and we always, that's also another avenue to let us know someone you want to nominate for something, or, you know, maybe you want to see the, some sort of category that we haven't thought of. For sure. Yeah, Chuck, I think that's going to do it. I don't have anything else unless you have anything. No, I am, I am spent. And that is, uh, I think going to be another show in the books. For sure. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us till the end. Um, Always enjoy, you know, having you guys as listeners and being part of the community. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you got myself at Padux1. You got Chuck at Watch Whimsy and Ryan at RY4Gaming. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. as I do finger guns to the camera. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> you said that last week and then you didn't. We got to talk to the Turtwig talk. <laughs> Turtwig, go! Or should we just say, should I take that away and say, all right, with that Turtwig, I choose you. Or should I do that instead? I don't, I don't, I think that was a bad, like this is just full of bad, bad transitions. <laughs> we, we, I, I'll bring us back in and I'll just make fun of the fact that we are doing horrible in our transition game today. No, 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 I want to, I want to change it. I want to change it and say, Turtwig, I choose you. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Great job as always, my friend. Um, Meta report. God damn it, dude. You, you bring us out. <laughs> oh, all right. What a great meta report there. Uh, doing great with the transitions today, guys. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> mostly me. <laughs> but Chuck, you've got a couple in there, too. <laughs> all right. Let me, we're to, I'm going to cut them all out. So there's no point in making a joke about it. I got to do that again. Uh, all right. I have so much work to do now. <laughs>